Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. All right. I don't know if your house is anything like my house right now. (laughs) But this month seems to be just a constant state of countdown to the next thing. <laughs> like, and it really, it, if I'm being accurate, it wasn't just this month, it was probably a lot of November as well. <laughs> just counting down to the next thing. So, so Eve has def- desperately, desperately been looking forward to her first field trip on a school bus this week. And she finally got to go. <laughs> and, and man, I don't know if she could tell you what she actually went to go see, but that school bus was a winner for her. <laughs> she liked that. Oliver and Kaylee have been counting down the days to their Christmas uh, performance that they did at school and, and all of the, the rehearsals and all of the, the different practices and performances that went along with that. And so that's been something that we've been counting down to and like, Dad, I have your tool belt in my car that I need to get back to at some point for that. Um, I've been working to try and get myself caught up in preparation for time off that I'm going to be taking next week from work. And so I'm drastically trying to prepare and, and get ready for that. Gifts are being shipped and tracked. Gatherings are being planned. Christmas Eve, Sunday service, we need to do something special, so we need to plan for that. There has to be certain music. As you can tell, I'm not super great at playing Christmas songs. And so, so there's some practice that needs to go into that. I need to, I've been invited to go, I guess they heard that I'm not good at playing Christmas songs and they invited me to go play them at Hydesville School. So, so um, now I'm doing that for the entire school. And so that's going to be an adventure. Another thing to prepare for, meals are getting prepared for the different gatherings that we're, we're dealing with. And all along the way with, with fevered excitement, and in this case, literally, because Kaylee is at home or was at home with 102 degree fever all last week, um, there's this countdown to Christmas morning that exists in the background of, of, we say it's just the kids, but adults are kind of secretly thinking it as well, right? Christmas is coming. Last week, if, if you were listening, I gave a clue to our Advent topic for this morning, and today we're going to speak of joy. If we look at, at Luke 1, verse 39... It says, now Mary arose in those days, right? She had just received that message from Gabriel that her entire life was going to be changed. Everything that she knew was about to be upended. All of her plans were, were just set aside because there, God had a specific plan for her life, and she chose to participate. And it says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Now, for those of you that, that have been around, normally I, when we're quoting scripture, I typically quote it out of the, the NIV, but there's just something about these specific verses that when you look at them in the New King James, there's just, I don't know, there's just some weight behind it. And it, you, you can just understand for me what it is that, that Mary is feeling in this moment. And can I tell you, that's the reason that it's okay to use a different translation. We don't use different translations of the Bible to get the meaning that we want. We don't use different translations to, to try and, and get just the right word. We use the, the translations of the Bible to put emphasis where, where there needs to be emphasis for this particular moment. And it may be that we have an emphasis that goes elsewhere later on. But t- for today, this is the emphasis that we want, that, that there is joy in Mary's heart. And the Christmas song that we sang this morning, as we've been going through Advent, I've been trying to kind of link a Christmas song to the, the different teaching times. And so we had, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel was the first one. And that kind of matched with the, the scripture out of Isaiah that we were, were preaching out of. And then we came to last week um, where we were talking about um, joy to the world, right? And then this morning, as we, we talk about joy that, that Mary is feeling, we're, we're talking about joyful all ye nations rise. And it's another Christmas song where we could easily gloss over the words that are said. I mean, we, we sing that song probably every year. Maybe you, you kind of forget what the second and third verses are. That's, <laughs> that's okay. But we, most of us have for memory what the, that first verse is. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to you, the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angel sings, glory to the newborn king. Joy. Are you a joyful person? 
What does it mean to be joyful? What, what makes us joyful people? Let's, let's open it up this morning. What, what is it that, that makes us joyful? What, what, is, what is that? What kind of perspective? Okay. Yeah. And that perspective is required not so much when we're in the the everything's great phase. (laughs) Perspective is a lot more necessary when we're in the, man, this isn't really what I signed up for phase. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what what does that joy mean? Like, what does that look like? So, actually, I'm going to so joy joy is peace is what you're saying. Okay. What else? And I think the important point to, to recall, especially, you know, maybe for, for people that are new believers or, or people that are, are just finding this joy, is that there has to, you, you look back at past experience. You look back at, at the, the previous events that have taken place in your life that, that you see that God has brought you through and you, you recognize in that moment that yes, this is difficult, but God is faith, was faithful then. He's going to be faithful now, and he will be faithful in the future. And because of that, I can have joy. If my circumstance is permanent, and there's nothing that's going to come out of it, then, then there's no reason for joy at that point. <laughs> And yet, maybe some of us don't really feel like having joy right now. You know, we're, we're having this conversation, and yet, maybe there are some of us that are here this morning that say, I don't feel joyful right now. You know, maybe you have family members or, or you know people that, that are in that place where, where there is this feeling of a lack of joy. And if we look back to the, the first um, week of Advent where we were preaching out of, out of Isaiah— I mean, just think of the song, oh, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. We're talking about a nation that is in bondage. They probably were struggling to find joy in that moment. There was probably a struggle of, of God, there has to be a plan that involves us not being in bondage at this moment. But we don't see it. 
And sometimes we're in that season of Advent. We're in that season of, of looking, looking at, at the, the world that is around us, looking at the struggles that are around us, hoping, waiting, and watching. That was, that was the state of the world up until the birth of Christ. Hoping, waiting, and watching. Anxious that, that something had to happen. Something had to give in order for God to prove faithful. And they knew he was faithful. They knew it that they knew it that they knew it. Because all of their scripture proved time and time and time again that God was faithful. But in that current situation, they were looking at him. I do not see how this is going to work. And maybe we can relate to that a little bit today. I don't understand how this is going to work. If you, you look at the world today, the news of the world has, has given a distressed word, right? A, a word full of sadness, a word full of anger, a word tinged with fear and regret and sorrow. And we sing that song that your love speaks a better word. That better word is Christ coming. And maybe that's why the, sometimes the, the darker mood of Advent, that, that first couple of days of Advent that, where the scriptures are talking about ransoming captives, about waiting and watching and hoping. Where they're, they're talking about the hopes and fears of, of everything that, that has existed in my life up to this point is now addressed through the birth of Christ. It's addressed because the, the news that the world needs to hear, the, word, the news that we need to hear is that there is salvation to be had. There is peace to be had. Whether we recognize it or not, People come to this place, they come to this church building, they come to believers who, who follow Christ to hear a counter word, to hear that better word. There's a reason that people come to church primarily on Christmas and Easter. They come because they recognize, whether they, they know it or not, they recognize that there is something that they need. And so we come to this season, we come to Advent we come to this countdown that, that seems to just constantly be taking place with occupations and preoccupations where we're weighed down by the, the demands that exist on us from every area. The demands that exist on us from our families, from our workplaces, from the church. The, the worries of everything that's happening in the world outside and there is, there is some broken things happening in the world around us. And even if you come into this season thinking that you have everything figured out, there is probably this nagging area of uncertainty about what about tomorrow? And it is in the midst of those uncertainties, that, that need, that wonder about tomorrow in whatever area of life exists for you, where the need for joy becomes most apparent.
when I, when I consider joy, I always find myself drawn to compare it to happiness. And, and what the difference specifically is between joy and happiness. And the reason that that, that takes place for me is it's in that difference where I can most easily recall the true definition of joy. Is when I, when I recognize what joy isn't, then for me it becomes a, a much clearer understanding of what joy is. If we think about the word happy, it comes from the root words like happenstance or hap, which means like chance or luck. And, and it suggests that happiness is something that happens to you based on circumstance, something over which we, we typically don't have a lot of control over, right? We, we can't control our circumstances. But joy comes from a, a Latin verb that means to rejoice. So where happiness is something that's happening to me, to rejoice is, a, is an action. To rejoice is a choice. That's something that, that I have control over. And, and whether or not I have joy in my heart is something that depends on me. How I respond to what is happening around me. How I respond to the, the influences of the world that are constantly pressing on me in different ways. The, that, that depends on me. Happiness can be fleeting and sometimes seems available to us only when everything is going smoothly. Can I tell you this life does not always go smoothly? <laughs> this, this week <laughs> has been a little on the bumpy side. Joy is sustaining. Joy is enduring. Joy is, is a deep well that exists in my soul, in my heart, that, that I can draw from even in the midst of the hardship. When I'm in the hardship, that's, that's where I have to go. And we, we get into trouble when we constantly seek after and constantly spend energy, effort, resources chasing after things that only give temporary happiness. Can I tell you, that is, that is this entire season for the world that does not know what it is that they are celebrating. I went to the mall yesterday. <laughs> oh, man. You may not know this about me. I don't, like, crowds aren't really my thing. Like, I, because I have some hearing loss, if there's a, a lot of noise that is happening around me, I can't really hear like what's happening right in front of me. And so that gets overwhelming. And then like just 
people that aren't taking care of their kids the way I think they should be taking care of their kids is kind of annoying. And <laughs> I'm sure people think the same thing about me. <laughs> and then you see the people that are acting like their kids that they're not taking care of. And then that's really frustrating too. And, and in the midst of all of this, I'm walking through these stores looking at, I mean, it almost feels like we have just given up any form of presentation and we're just like shoveling stuff out into and piles on floors waiting for people to pick it up and just run with it out the store. Like that's, that it's just to that point. And every single thing that I looked at was like, what? who needs that? Nobody needs any of this. And every single one of those, those interactions, every single one of those purchases, every single event that was taking place there was to pursue happiness, a fleeting moment that maybe, just maybe, this weird like bear-shaped mug is going to bring happiness for just a moment to this person's life. But is that really all there is? That can't be all there is. If that bear-shaped mug is the best that this world has to offer, then we are in trouble. Let's think for just a moment about how I feel about apple pie. <laughs> apple pie makes me happy. It does. The, the, the sweet tang, you know, the smell of cinnamon, the, the flaky crust, definitely no nuts. Those things make me happy. But can I tell you, apple pie is not going to sustain me. I could try, but, but I, I shouldn't. <laughs> apple pie is not going to last. Especially if it's in front of me. Apple pie is not going to be even remotely appealing in the midst of a struggle or a hardship that I'm facing. It won't be appealing in the midst of the trials that, that I know will come as part of this life. And so that's why apple pie can't be the thing that I put my hope and trust and dreams in. And it sounds silly to say, right? Of course you're not going to put your hopes and dreams in apple pie. Who, that would, you'd be an idiot if you did that. People are putting their hopes and dreams in that pile of stuff that I just walked by yesterday. People are putting their hopes and dreams in a, a person that walks this earth, that, that takes office as the president of the United States. People are putting their hopes and dreams in political parties, in the economy, in, in business. They're putting their hopes and dreams in things that will fade, that will, will burn, that will rot, that will, will rust, that thieves can come in and steal and destroy. That is why we need joy. So what do we seek after that, that sustains us, that gives us life? And, you know, as I noted earlier this morning, we're in this constant state of countdown. And sometimes I've found that through all of the, the buildup, all of the buildup that goes into Christmas... Christmas comes and instead of experiencing this culmination of this is everything that I planned for, everything that I have worked for up to this point and, and now we've arrived, instead of feeling that, I've instead felt this strange sense of emptiness, kind of almost a letdown of like, 
Was that, was that, was that all there was? And you're all like, well, Matt, you're the pastor. You're not supposed to feel that way. But, but it's true. And I would say it can almost be more true for the pastor because I'm, I'm putting time and effort and energy into trying to, to create a experience, this service for Christmas Eve that, that maybe has, you know, special music or, a, you know, some specific thing that says, yeah, this was worthwhile. This was memorable. It was good that we came to this event. There's this, this thought of, of pressure that sort of exists of making sure that we remember what it is that we're here to be, to be celebrating. But it, it's more than just the responsibilities of somebody who's in leadership in church because this, this, this type of feeling can happen to anybody. What happens is despite our, our best efforts, we, we wind up spending a lot of Christmas focusing on how we are, what we've received, how perfectly all of the events that we planned unfolded, all of the, the, the plans and efforts and energies that we put into seeing our works come about, whether those people liked the gift that we spent so much time picking out, and by so much time, I mean like we walked by it in the discount aisle in Ross and was like, finally, something that I can use for that person. That by the time we get to the point of actually celebrating the event, there's this emotional crash that says, it was all for just this one moment. We, we haven't built our hopes and our expectations on the solid ground that they need to be built on. Instead, we've built our hopes and our expectations on all of the stuff that's happening leading up to it. That is the danger that exists for us during this season is, is that we put all of our hopes and dreams into the next thing that we're going to get, the next party we're going to go to, the next meal we're going to plan. And instead of focusing on the fact that all of the nations are coming together and rejoicing because Jesus Christ has been born. So how are we cultivating joy in our life that will sustain us, not just on Christmas morning, okay? We have to understand this is more than just a Christmas morning conversation. How are we cultivating joy so that when Christmas comes, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus yet again, because I've done this for 38 years now, one would think I would maybe have this sort of all figured out. When we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we're not left with that empty feeling of, is this really all there is? But instead, we find ourselves with hearts overflowing with joy. Mary heard from the angel Gabriel that, hey, I know you were planning to get married, that you had this future all worked out. Instead, you're going to have a kid that you haven't really been, and you haven't been married. You're going to go through all of these different things. Society's going to cast you out. Hopefully, Joseph is going to follow through. <laughs> and oh, by the way, he's going to be the savior of the world. And her response is joy. Just pause for just a minute there. I mean, let's just take one of those. <laughs> you're about to be engaged, but you're pregnant. 
and you know you weren't with a guy, nobody else does. And what do you respond with? Joy. I can pretty much guarantee you there wasn't joy because of that circumstance. (laughs) There is joy in the midst of that circumstance. There was joy because Mary had the correct perspective. It wasn't focused on, well, what is my neighbor down the street going to say when I start showing? The the focus was on the, the Savior of the world is going to be born and all of the world will be blessed. When Mary enters Elizabeth's home, Elizabeth's child leaps in her womb and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And she says to Mary, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. When I heard your greeting, my child leapt for joy. And Elizabeth concludes, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary answers Elizabeth with a song, with a poem. And, and in church circles, they, they call it the Magnificat. Because it's the, it's the first words that she speaks where she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. And what, what does that mean when she says, My soul magnifies the Lord? And, and you know, if we kind of translate it and, and think about it. it. It's exalting the Lord, right? She's, she's praising God, but, but let's just take that as a literal image for just a minute. Her soul, her life, her embracing God's vision for her is magnifying God, making God more visible for the world to see. God, I I want you to be magnified in my life. I I want you to be seen. I want more of you and less of me. Mary magnifies God. She says that the lowly are raised up and blessed by God. The proud are scattered. The, The powerful are brought down from their thrones. The hungry are filled while the rich leave empty handed. Throughout history, this particular part of Scripture has been thought of as so revolutionary that in places like Guatemala, Argentina, and India, the public reading of this was actually forbidden. They weren't allowed to read that because if people read that and they were taken seriously, this this Jesus character might upset the whole world order of things. Well, he kind of did. And we don't see anything else of the, the interaction between Elizabeth and Mary's visit. We know the next thing we know, Elizabeth gives birth to John the Baptist. And after that, Mary and Joseph are traveling to Bethlehem. What we do know is that both of these women have a deep faith and a trust in God that, that he is working in their lives. And that regardless of their circumstance, because of that trust, they can have joy. They know that they can count on God to fulfill the promises that he has made. That they can count on God to be faithful. Even when circumstances do not seem to reflect that. And so their response, because they have joy, their response is contentment. 
Their response is that they are hopeful, they're expectant, they are joyful. They are exalting God, they're magnifying God in their lives. And so this season, we might be tempted to put our focus on and our attention towards filling up on the, the apple pie of this season. And, and everything that that means, right? All of, all of the distractions, all of the stuff that, that brings that temporary bump of happiness, but that cannot be what you base your life on. Apple pie will not sustain you. Happiness will not sustain you. There has to be joy. Trusting God's promises, trusting in God's unwavering love, in his, in his justice, in his, his truth. Elizabeth believed that God would fulfill the promises spoken to her and to Mary. She knew it. Both of them, they, they, they had no idea how God was going to do the things that God was going to do. They just trusted that he would. And so here we are, as we are one week away from the the time that we have set aside as a nation to celebrate the birth of Christ. And here we are faced with a choice. A choice to... Continue forward grounded in the joy of Christ in our hearts, trusting in God's promises for our lives so that we can then reflect God's light, God's love, God's presence to a world that needs something more than just all the junk on the shelf. Something that is sustaining, something that brings joy. Heavenly Father, God, I ask that you would would make joy real in us today. God, if if there are those of us here this morning that that are are running low, (laughs) that are saying, God, I do not see how you are working in this particular event. Lord, I ask that you would fill them with joy. Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask that that you would, would well up within them. We, we want to magnify you in our lives through the, the joy that, that exists in, in what you have done and who you are and the promises that you have given. As we move forward into this season of, of celebration, God, help us not to be focused on, on all of the stuff, all of the events that are taking place, but instead help us to be focused on what it is to truly have joy. And what that source of joy is. God, we thank you that you are the giver of gifts. That you are the, the best giver of gifts. You are the example for us to follow. And that God, one of those gifts that you give is joy. 
We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning, if you have a prayer need, I invite you to, you can join with me up here. You can join with those that are, that are around. You're more than welcome to do that. If you'd like to spend some time fellowshipping, we welcome you to do that out there um, in the, the front. God bless you guys. Have a, a wonderful rest of the day. And as we go forward into this season, into this, this next week, which is probably going to be even more countdown than the last week. Just pause. Just pause for a moment and, and make sure we're pursuing that joy. That sustaining joy. That joy that is, is persistent and not just the temporary bump of happiness that the world so desperately searches after. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 